Well, good morning. Good morning. Can you hear me okay? Yeah. All right. Fantastic. Well, my name's Dan Moore, and I am a veterinarian, but not the typical veterinarian. I have a kind of a different approach to health care, uh, some of which you may not agree with, okay? And that's okay, as long as we agree to disagree today. Is that fair enough? All right. Needs to be louder? All right. What I was saying was we... Um, we may disagree on some things today because I have a totally different approach to healthcare than most veterinarians. Uh, I used to practice traditional veterinary medicine, had two clinics, 18 staff, four veterinarians, just, you know, the regular rat race of veterinary practice. Are there any veterinarians in the group? If not, if so, you know what I'm talking about, but you've probably seen your veterinarian running around like a chicken with his head cut off trying to get things done. Uh, and that's where I was at one time, kind of caught up in, in what I just learned in vet school, learned from drug reps, learned from the traditional way of doing things. But things changed in my life. I uh, had an opportunity to step back from that rat race and reevaluate what I had been doing for many, many years. And kind of went down a different approach to healthcare. Didn't practice for a few years, actually. Um, when I was practicing, I was so dead set against anything natural, I, I, I was obnoxious about it. I mean, I, I was so closed-minded to anything except what I'd learned in vet school, learned from the extension agent, or learned from a drug rep, truly, or what I read in the veterinary journal. In fact, I remember a, a, a client one time uh, bringing me a book to evaluate, and the book was called Natural Health for Dogs. And I looked at the book, and I literally just looked at the title and I flipped through the book and I tossed it back at her and I said, this guy's a quack. And that was my take on natural health care at one time in my life. But after I'd sold my practices, after I was you know, not in that rat race and making a living at vaccines and all the other stuff that goes along with practice, I had, uh, was looking through a veterinary journal one day and I saw a course on veterinary homeopathy. I didn't even know what homeopathy was. I, I, I truly thought it was just herbs, you know. And herbs, by that time, I'd actually opened my mind a little bit and uh, had been using some herbs and, and seeing the benefits of things like grapeseed and, you know, um, other minerals and so on as well, but saw some benefits of just pure nutrition. And I saw this, this course that was being taught on veterinary homeopathy, and I thought to myself, well, you know, maybe, maybe I need to learn more a little bit about herbs. So I signed up for this course, and lo and behold, the guy that was teaching the course, and I recognized the name when I read the ad, that was in a veterinary journal. Uh, his name was Dr. Richard Pitcairn, and he was the same guy that wrote that book way back when. So signed up for the course. Fortunately, my wife went with me to take the course. It was a long course. I mean, a big, big thing. My wife's a veterinary microbiologist. Fortunately, she went with me to um, for this first session anyway, and if she hadn't, we'd probably be divorced today, because my life totally changed. I mean, and hers did too. Uh, what we realized, and uh, what hit me right between the eyes, just from Dr. Pickcairn, is that, um, um, you know, I don't heal anything. Veterinarians don't heal anything. You know, all healing is from either within or above. You know, and we can trigger the body to heal itself, and we can provide the nutrition for the body to heal. But other than that, we're pretty much just screwing with nature. You know, I mean, think about how many times you've had a person, or maybe a horse or an animal of some sort, that, that, that you gave them a medication and there was some other consequence down the road from it. You know, they maybe had a whole other problem because of the medication. I mean, most people today, over 50, are on tons of different medications. You know, they have this medicine for this, and then something else develops, and they have to have another medicine for that, and then something else develops, and before long, you know, they're taking so many things that they're, who knows how they're really interacting. But anyway, that's why I'm here today. Totally changed my life. Um, started practicing again. Started practicing homeopathy. And saw incredible benefits. And by the way, if you don't know what it is, just... Just Google homeopathy and check it out. And your mainstream medicine has no clue what it is either, just like I didn't. But it is a whole science of healing. It's not herbs. It's not um, just it's not nutrition at all. It's actually remedies that are pretty phenomenal. 
But I, I started practicing homeopathy again and trying to get my hands on anything that I could with, from a more natural approach. I started questioning things. Um, you know, why things are the way they are. Why do we do this? I wasn't just closed-minded like I was. And um, when I started practicing again, um, I had great results and loved it. Uh, but I realized that maybe I needed something else too. You know, I needed I needed a natural fly spray or something for flies other than a chemical. And there wasn't anything out there at that time. This was in the mid '90s. Uh, wasn't anything out there. I, I I needed a natural dewormer. You know, I needed something more natural than a, than a toxic product to give the horses. And I just started putting things together, putting products together, and lo and behold, I wound up with a whole lot of products that um, that people wanted. And then I didn't have time to practice anymore because I was too busy sharing the products and sharing, you know, my story and, and how there is a better approach to, to health care than just drugs and medicine and so on and so forth. And that's where we are today. The name of our company is The Natural Horse Vet. Um, it's expanded to pet products too, as well, and even human products. All the horse people wanted products for the pets, and then we got my pet better, my horse better. How about me? So we've just expanded over the years. So now we, you know, we have a whole line of nutritional products to help with pretty much anything. So um, we have a natural approach to healthcare, and, and what I want to help you with today is, if you have a problem, I want to be able to give you an answer for that problem. And I think I pretty much can for anything that's out there because I think I've seen everything coming and going. I probably answer a hundred different questions every day from all over the world. And since I've been here, my phone has gone off at least once since I've been talking with a question that somebody asked. And uh, we've, we've actually, I just started archiving them just a, about a year ago. And that website is just AskDrDan.com. So if you have a problem that you don't get answered today or a problem in the future, you can go to AskDrDan.com and actually search where I've answered them in the past with you know, a word, or you can um, ask me personally again and I'll answer it for you. We don't charge anything. I just, you know, I just feel I'm just on a mission, truly, to get people, pets, and horses off all this junk out there. So um, if I can help you today, I want to do that. And, and, and what I'd like to do to start with is just find out what kind of problems you have. I probably would know. You know, there's probably horses in here with allergies. There's probably horses in here that have had laminitis. You might have problems with that. There's probably horses that are insulin resistant, metabolic, uh, fat, overweight, cresting neck. You're probably wondering what to feed your horse. You know, all kinds of questions. But why don't you ask me a question? and we'll see if we can get the ball rolling. Anybody have one? Is this okay if we approach it this way? Okay, I mean, I don't want to, you know, bore you with somebody else's question. I'll tie in some other things with it, but right here's your question. There you go. Okay. I don't work with that. Okay, cool. Yeah, those, that's a good place to start. Um, as far as the hot horse, I'm not a trainer, although we have a bunch of horses ourselves. I hire trainers, okay? So I'm not a trainer. But um, as far as emotional or um, psychological issues there, we're not going to go there on that. But, you know, hot horses, it, it amazes me how many people drug their horses these days. Oh, man, they just turn them out so they, and they give them or something so they don't tear up the pasture. Have you seen that? I mean... That blows my mind. I just can't imagine doing that. Giving them a drug so they don't jump all over the place when you turn them out or get into a scuffle with the other horse or something. And when they're showing today, they're using drugs like crazy just to calm them down. So, um, with regards to that though, it's definitely a problem. Um, because we all want a fat, nice, easy-going horses, but some horses are obviously more hot than others anyway. So given the genetic differentials there, we'll just lay that aside, we'll lay the different breeds aside, we won't talk about those, except the key to that is to get a mountain horse. I'm, I'm sorry, I had to say that because that's what we have, and they are laid back. They're the most gentle horse I've ever seen in my life. They're Rocky Mountain horses? Yeah. Okay, they're not hot, are they? <laughs> okay, she has several of those. 
Oh, she thought, okay, I'm sorry. You got the wrong line, come to us. We'll take care of that. But anyway, as far as your, your uh, hot horses, uh, to me, anytime you have anything that could be psychological or neurologically related, you know, hyperactivity, um, restless leg syndrome in, in people, for instance, you know, where you're, you have muscle fascications, you just got all this activity, you've got a couple things going on. One is maybe too much sugar, obviously. You said no grain, I understand that. But that's a big issue for a lot of people, and remind me, we'll cover that a little bit later. But the other is minerals in general. Minerals in general affect neurological motor function more than you can ever imagine. Um, and our horses today are just totally out of balance on their minerals. And one of the big reasons for that is salt and mineral blocks. A horse cannot get what he needs from any mineral block or any salt block. It's impossible. So the first thing you need to do is go home and throw away every mineral or salt block that might be in the pasture because they're not giving horses the salt or the minerals. They have to have salt and minerals, but they're not liquors. They can't get what they need from a block fast enough for when, they're needed, for when they're needed. And their needs change hour to hour. You know, when there's a front coming in, their needs may change because the grass changes. The grass changes hour to hour, just like we change hour to hour. And I know some of you all have heard me say this before, but I want to stress the point. The single most healthy thing you can do probably for any horse is to throw away your salt and mineral blocks and instead offer a free choice loose salt and mineral of some sort. Loose salt and mineral. Because a block is useless for a horse. You ever see a horse chewing on a block? Yeah. You know, they're trying to get it, and they can't get it. And it may not even be in there. You know, they overconsume what they don't need, trying to get what they do need, and maybe it's just purely salt, period. You know, they might be looking for some other mineral or something. Horses pretty much know what they need. But if it's loose, they can get what they need fast enough. And let me give you a perfect example that will prevent colic and laminitis in many cases. Free choice, loose salt, and mineral. I mentioned grass is a living, breathing organism, okay? It is. It changes hour to hour. If grass thinks it's going to die, one thing it might want to do is bring some water up into it, right? It's always trying to grow, so it's trying to bring water up into it, but if it's really threatened, it might really suck that water up into the plant. Does that make sense? Got with me on that? Well, the way it brings water up into the plant is with potassium. If you have your fields fertilized at all, they're full of potassium because that's all we're putting on our fields is nitrogen, potassium, and phosphorus. If there's potassium in that plant, when that horse were, that's at a high level, and let's say they've been on hay, coming off the springtime, they've been on hay all winter where they've been fed heavily fertilized hay, which is what farmers do to grow the hay that's full of potassium. If they have too much potassium, bottom line, in a short period of time, that they can't balance with a big gulp of free choice loose salt and mineral versus trying to lick themselves to death on a salt block, that potassium changes the acidity in the gut just like that. And when you change the gut of a horse rapidly in any manner, you know it's catastrophic. I mean, uh, you can have endotoxic shock, you can have which can result in laminitis, can result in death, colic, you name it. My point is, the single most healthy thing you can do, in my opinion, is throw away your salt and mineral block and utilize a free choice loose salt and mineral. Now let's just take that a little bit further and talk about minerals and how they might relate to um, even hot horses, neurological situations, whatever. Um, Magnesium is a big one. I would have a supplement, free choice loose salt and mineral that probably had extra magnesium in it. If you had a a lot of hot horses. I mean, there's there's probably something that you're missing there. Probably just providing loose salt and minerals is going to fix a lot of those problems, period. But there are sources of minerals that are better than other sources of minerals. And it took me a long time to figure this out. At one time, I was going down just a regular, I was trying to come up with a, a mineral mix for horses because I knew minerals were an issue. But I was going down the wrong path. I was going down the path of every other mineral or block maker out here. You know, I didn't know blocks were bad at that time either, and I didn't know that typical minerals were, could be bad too. 
a lot of minerals that we give our horses are other industries' leftovers. I didn't know that. I didn't know that selenium was a byproduct of, of uh, copper mining that often has um, potential for a lot of arsenic in it. And almost every supplement out here on the market that has selenium has selenide or selenate forms. ITE or ATE. That is the form that's a byproduct of copper mining. And if you look at the bag on a uh, selenium like that, it's got a big skull and crossbones. It's toxic. So when I studied further, I found out, well, there's an organic form of selenium where they take an uh, amino acid like methionine or a yeast and they attach it to selenium. makes it more absorbable, but it's not just a, you know, some other industry's leftover. It's a grown form of selenium, in other words, which is not even toxic. I mean, way up there levels might be, but for the most part, they can eat all they want. Um, and what I learned too is, 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 that, is that there's even better sources of minerals than man-made minerals. There are Mother Nature's minerals out there. There are Mother Nature's salt. You know, most salt that would be in a block or just available for horses in general is kill-dried, it's bleached, it's, it's chemical, it's made for industrial use. It's not even wholesome salt. And I also learned that a lot of your blood pressure problems are caused from salt. But it's because of this junk salt in people. You know, the only reason a low salt diet works to help with blood pressure is you're not getting toxic salt. But there is real salt. There is natural salt from the ground that is good for blood pressure. And in fact, if you have high blood pressure, I, I can't tell you how many people I've helped just by suggesting that they get a real salt and eat a quarter of a teaspoon of real salt every day and their blood pressure goes away. And if you think about that, every the movement of the fluids in the body is all related to this sodium transport cycle in the body, this salt transport body in the, in, in the body that'll house for um, changes in pressure. You've got to have salt. Our horse, I mean, there's been wars fought, fought, fought over salt for millions of years, I guess, or thousands of years. I don't know. I mean, it is the most crucial element or substance out there. Not element. Sodium is the element, I guess. The chloride is the element. It's crucial. But there's better. There's some salts that's better than others. Bottom line was this. I, really, I found out that, that most of your mineral supplements are junk. And I found out that Mother Nature has the answer. And we're, what we eventually found was a form of loose salt and mineral that's from the desert. That used to be the ocean, so it has Mother Nature's salt, and the fact that it used to be the ocean, not sea salt now, because our oceans are so contaminated now with mercury and everything, it's not sea salt. It's not some rock salt that they still can't lick to get what they need fast enough from. It's actually a mine form of salt and mineral from the desert that used to be the ocean. And here's the beauty of it. The fact that it's used to be the ocean, every mineral known to man is in there, but can you imagine what might have been in that ocean when, when this became the desert? You know, what all organic material was in there? You know, not just kelp or seaweed, okay, but all this material from, from sharks, from fish, from all that organic material that, that has laid there for millions of years now is still attached to those minerals. So it's a natural chelation type effect. It's a natural attachment of amino acids to the minerals, a natural attachment of the proteins to the, to the minerals, a natural attachment of the fats to the minerals. Does that make sense? So that it would be much more readily absorbable. And the, and the key there it we call the product red cow. It's actually from four different desert sources um, around the country. But the, the key is that you offer it free choice all the time. And in fact, it's so important. There's a punt moving in like yesterday. We go pasture to pasture to make sure that the bucket has a little bit in it in each pasture just to help prevent issues. So if you don't take anything else home, take that home. And, and this one, you just literally just pour it in a bucket. It's more like a clay. It looks like clay when it's wet. And it sticks to the bottom of the bucket. They can't dump it out once it's wet. And you just pick the rainwater off the top. 
that will probably fix most of your hot horse problems. I mean, you know. And then, what was the other one? The metabolic issues? Yeah. Okay. And the hottest horse, the raw season is Okay. Yeah, okay. Interesting. She said the hottest horse was uh, thoroughbred and the Rocky that's part saddlebred. Thank you, Lord. Oh, I like Rocky. Yeah. Okay. Great. All right. Now, she had a couple Well, it looks like clay when it's wet. It's it's not really, really granular. If you'll come by the booth, I'll show it to you. Sell you so if you want it. But anyway, we're down at the end, okay? Straight down towards you. It's from the, like I say, it used to be the ocean, so it has, it's salty and replaces. The simple way to look at it is that it replaces your salt and mineral, okay, blocks. It, it, it replaces your salt and mineral blocks, but it probably provides nutrient, micronutrients we hadn't even discovered yet, okay, and I'm sure it picks up the pieces for things that man doesn't even know about yet. I mean, it's just incredible, yeah. And you feed it free choice, just live a little bit in a bucket. All the time. Uh, 2:47, I think, but it's down straight down this wall towards the end. It's just on the right at the end. But um, that's that is definitely the single most healthy thing you can do for your horse, in my opinion. And is it on salt and mineral? Okay. You say eat it free choice. Mm-hmm. Okay. Right. <laughs> okay. Um, my question was, if you eat it free choice, where stuff. Absolutely. That is the answer. If you just put them in the, you know, just hang a bucket in the stall. In fact, you're better off to hang a bucket in the stall and outside, too. Of course, the last thing you want to do is feed everybody else's horse and uh, pay their bills. But, you know, once they see the benefits your horse is having, they'll want it anyway. Same way with our fly product. If you use that, I mentioned we have a fly product. It's called Bug Check. You put it in the food, keeps the flies and mosquitoes off your horses. It's all natural. It's healthy for them, not like these sprays. If you put your horse on that, the other people in your boarding situation, they're going to see the benefits in your horse, and they're going to want it too. But it doesn't matter whether they use it or not, because your horse is still going to benefit. And by the way, that 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 particular product, let me just talk about it a little bit, because that's a big problem when you agree. Flies, mosquitoes, Lyme disease with ticks and all that kind of stuff. Can you hold that thought just a second? Okay. Um, it's a problem. And... The, I, it, it took me a long time to figure out that the answer to that problem. But I knew there were certain things out there that did have some repellent effects to flies, especially. And what I started doing was putting those ingredients together, and after about a year or two and 150 different trials, finally came up with something that worked. And lo and behold, our neighbors started wanting it for their horses. The next thing I knew, that was a big hit. Smart Pack's most popular product, you name it, and whatever. But it's called Bug Check. And there's a lot of copycats now. Even Smart Pack copied it, tried to. Didn't work, but anyway. It, it's called Bug Check. And it's four basic ingredients. And it's, we started with grapeseed. Because I had seen so many benefits with grapeseed in, in people. We were able, you know, during those years where I wasn't practicing, I was actually working with some companies on some products, and one of them was with grapeseed. And we were actually getting kids off Ritalin with grapeseed. Incredible. Great thing for neurological issues or hyperactivity, things like that. Uh, tremendous for that. And uh, also ginkgo is great for that as a supplement. And both of those are in almost every supplement we have, by the way. But we started with grapeseed for this bug product because I knew that grapeseed had some wonderful benefits to the to the vasculature. It actually will strengthen the arteries and veins, make them make them tougher. In other words, it's kind of like um, uh, the mosquitoes and the biting insects. They go bite a tender steak instead of the tough steak because the veins and arteries that they're going to get their blood from they have a harder time penetrating. I don't know if that's true. I mean, that's how I figured out it might work. But it definitely helps with skin. That's known. There's a lot of studies out there showing how grapeseed uh, helps prevent them from sunburning and things like that. So I knew it fortified the skin. So I started with that. 
And then what's the other most common thing for flock and goat? That's that you put in the feet, garlic. Right? Well, I tried garlic, it didn't work by itself. It was maybe a little bit helpful, but I knew that it did have some sulfur properties to it. So we started adding garlic to it. Okay, a little bit for the sulfur. Not so much that it makes your barn smell like a pizzeria or something, but enough, you know, to help with the sulfur. And then there's some natural minerals out there that I'd learned about earlier that actually help with the larvae and the manure. Okay? And so we added that to it. And then thiamine, D1. D1 actually has some properties as far as it's not excreted through the kidneys, it's excreted through the skin. So that actually has some repellent benefits to it. So after, like I say, 100 plus batches, we finally found the right combination of these ingredients, none of which work by themselves, but together works fantastic. And we've recently added uh, as well uh, probiotics to the product. We didn't have to. Didn't really need it for the fly control, but for regulatory issues. But can you believe the government wanted to, they wouldn't let me use, even though they proved it once before in the state of Texas, they, they, they changed their mind and they said we were making a drug claim with the word, with the name bug check. So we fixed it. We added probiotics to it and used a different meaning of the word bug. And they accepted it. Hallelujah. And it works. You know, I mean, it, it, it's an awesome product, but we don't want to go down that regulatory route. That's, man, the regular, you would not believe what's involved in horse and pet products. It's worse than people products, regulatory-wise. There is no comparison. It is easy to make a human product. It is impossible to get through every state on a horse or pet product. Because every state interprets horse and pet labels differently. It, it's it's mind-boggling. But that's my problem, not yours. But I assure you, there's a lot of companies out here that are that in this building right here that don't have the right labeling requirements on them and don't have the right stuff. I mean, I'm gonna put them down because I, I mean I know where they've been. I might, you know, we have. Personally, I think anybody should be able to sell anything as long as it doesn't hurt anybody, hurt anything, and the free market's going to take care of it. You know, they're not going to be in business 10 years like we are, so it probably doesn't work. You know, if it works, great. You know, they have a market for it. That, that's my thought. I think we're regulating ourselves to death. And by the way, with pet food, you're going to find pet food going through the roof in the next few years because we come under the same requirements now. There's no more, no more pet feed or for speed, it's all food. We have the same requirements as Kraft Food or General Mills or anybody else with this new Food Safety Modernization Act or whatever they call it that just passed. And of course the price has got to be passed on. And all that started with that melamine issue way back when in pet food. And uh, you know, there is probably no way to ever prevent that anyway. You can't inspect everything that comes into the country, every box, every bag, and if you did, the price would be $5 million for a 50-pound bag of food. But that's what's happening now. So we're going to, as consumers, pay the prices on those. So keep that in mind when you're dealing with your congressman and so on. Look, can I answer her question back here first? Am I, I'm sorry to get off the subject, but um, it's uh, pretty exciting. Incredible out there, yes. Okay. EPM, that's a good one. Let's go back. Let me answer the metabolic issue first with the cushions and so on, and then we'll go there, okay? Yep. Okay, first she's feeding first cutting alfalfa, low sugar. And then we're going to deal. She has cushing, she has. Insulin resist. Let me just kind of throw all these together, okay? We're going to throw Cushing's, we're going to throw insulin resistance, we're going to throw uh, all these metabolic issues into, and even laminitis into one lump because they all have the root problem in my opinion, most of the time. Not so much in your case. You know, it may be that, that the, um, the hot horse is just from the alfalfa. I mean, alfalfa can make them hot if they don't have the free choice loose salt and mineral. I, I mean, we feed pure alfalfa to, to several herds of our horses. And they're not hot. But they have the free choice loose and minerals, loose salt and minerals. Because, and I can't explain it here, but I do have an article that explains the cation, anion, reactions, and so on of the protein and how it relates. 
two uh, minerals. Okay, so obviously alfalfa is high in higher in, in uh, protein, and it can certainly um, call it kind of gives you like a sugar rush actually too high protein if they don't have the right salt and minerals, free choice loose salt and minerals. But do it to balance it out exactly. Um, and you well okay let's. It doesn't necessarily apply to your situation, but most of your metabolic issues, in my opinion, are related to commercial feeds. And the fats, especially in those commercial feeds, and the sugars, and the corn, but let's take each of these as an individual and talk about it just a little bit. I know fat's not something we want to talk about, but, but you need to think about it when you're feeding your horse. And you need to think about it when you're eating yourself, when you're feeding yourself, okay? Because most fats that are in food for us or for our horses is there for the benefit of the manufacturer, not for the health of the animal or for us. Fats are very fragile. They break down. They start going rancid very easy. Now, the way the industries have prevented this issue is they use processed fats. They use hydrogenated fats like margarine, okay, for instance, in people. Or they'll use, um, in horses, they use hydrogenated fats in horse feed, processed fat in horse feed, because the only kind of fat that they can put in a bag and ship halfway across the country in a truck and sit in a hot feed room for six months or six weeks or two weeks without going rancid, and, or rotting, in other words. So it's not there for the for the health. It's there for the convenience of the manufacturing and shipping and price. You know, they all use least cost analysis when they're making these feed formulas anyway. In other words, whatever's the cheaper at that moment in time is going to give them the same protein or the same carbs or whatever. They're going to use it for the most part. So the, don't don't think just because you buy a bag of X Y Z product that it's the same product every time. You know, talk about colic. You know, I mean, it, they change. Every batch changes, at least somewhat. So, hydrogenated fats are so critical. Every cell in the body is surrounded by fat. Well, when I figured this out, and I didn't figure it out, it was a doctor here in Pennsylvania that I got the information from, um, that is using, that, that, that treats neurological problems like ALS, Lou Gehrig's disease, um, MS. She has patients, in other words, that are in wheelchairs that have good mental function, but they have, you know, they can't do anything. They're vegetables in a chair. And she is treating these patients with fats, IV fats, good fats, not junk fats, phospholipids, that's a special type of fat, for instance. Good fat, injecting, I've been, and they're going home walking. And then when I heard her talk the first time, it just hit me right between the eyes. What? This is the problem with their problem with horses. It's a problem with EPM. It's a problem with Lyme's disease, why it keeps coming back. It's a problem with um, metabolic issues, obviously. But these fats. The bad fats make every cell in the body like a plastic ball because the membrane of every cell in the body is mostly fat. And these processed fats, I actually saw an electron microscope cross-section of a cell once, and I wish I could find it again, but the fat cells look like cross ties, like, you know, like the old train at Christmas that would go around the Christmas tree, the, the tracks is the way those cells look, and they're actually vibrating. Good, a healthy cell is, with good fat. The, the fat cells are vibrating. It has a phospholipid head, a saturated and unsaturated fat on it, like a little fish or something, and they're vibrating, and they're allowing the nutrients to get in and the junk to get out of every cell. Okay, that's what fats do. Every cell in the brain is 60-80% fat. The spinal cord's 60-80% fat. The liver's mostly fat. Fat is so important in the body. 
but they're lined up beautiful, these fat cells are. But then I saw one where they had, had hydrogenated cells, and the cells were just jumbled up like they'd been dumped out of a cross tie, and they weren't vibrating, they were dead. Now, do you think they were able to transport any nutrients in or junk out? And see, that's what she's doing by injecting fat, is she's re-nourishing, you know, she's displacing the bad fats with good fats, and the, the cells are getting healthy, and that's, if the cells are healthy, the body gets healthy again. And since the nervous tissue is mostly fat, the nervous problems are going away. So critical that you just get that point, that you don't want to feed anything to your horse that has hydrogenated fat. You don't want to eat margarine, and you want to look at your snack food that you're eating, and if it says partially hydrogenated or hydrogenated, you want to throw it away. And that's so hard to do because their food today is for convenience. You know, it's made to sit on the shelf. But it is definitely killing our horses and is probably the biggest cause of your metabolic issues in horses, in my opinion. And the reason I say that is because when we take away these commercial feeds and give them good fat, they get better. Just changing horses' feed program getting them off commercial feeds and a more natural diet, they generally get better regardless of what the problem is. Now with regards to EPM, let me just comment on that a little bit as it relates to fat or say Lyme's disease. If there's, there's microorganisms involved with EPM from possum manure, which is a whole other story, but they actually, in my opinion, well with, 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 with EPM it, it almost always comes back. You can treat them with marquee or I didn't say that. You can treat them with all these drugs and all these medications, and it always comes back. Okay? And I think one of the reasons it always comes back is, number one, their immune system shot to begin with, or they wouldn't have it to begin with. And number two, I think these organisms get trapped in these fat cells in the spinal cord and in the brain and in the liver. So one of the ways we treat EPM is we supersaturate them with good fat. And that helps. And of course, we support the immune system and so on and so forth, too. Same way with Lyme's disease. I think a lot of these super bugs get trapped in, these, in this plastic fat in the body. So when we supersaturate it with good fat, oftentimes they get better. So fat is an important part of the horse's diet. It's an important part of your diet. And in people today, we've just about destroyed the fat in the body with all these um, drugs that they're given for cholesterol. By the way, cholesterol is not the problem. Cholesterol is just a band-aid that fixes the problem, you know, in the body. It literally is. It's a plug for that hole, for that problem in the artery. And, and it's a natural thing. It's not the problem. The problem is the junk fats in the body that form the clots and so on and so forth. Cholesterol, by the way, is that membrane. It's what actually holds that membrane together, too. So when you decrease the cholesterol in the body, you're also destroying the, the cells, the membranes of the cells. It's no wonder we have so many neurological problems and hormonal problems in people because fat is also the precursor of almost every hormone in the body. And a lot of your herbicides that are used are like fat-type, similar fat-type structures. So we're... we're getting a lot of herbicides and so on right into our cells by using by the fat molecules. I mean, it's just a crucial part, something to think about, that I never, you know, I had to step back from, from regular practice to think about these things. And, uh, but changing the fat in a horse's diet is tremendous. Now, what we've found that's the best source of omega-3, 6, and 9, your fatty acids, is crude, unrefined, unprocessed soybean oil. And there's other sources. There's flax oil, flax seed. I'm not fond of it because it has a tendency to go rancid very quickly. Um, corn oil is terrible. Please don't ever feed your horse corn oil uh, or corn. Corn is another. We'll talk. If we have time, we'll talk about the glycemic index a little bit and how corn affects that. But um, that's what we found the best. Now it took me a long time to figure out the right source of soybean because 90-some percent of your soybeans now are genetically modified, which is a whole other story, big story to talk about, whole lecture. But, so we didn't want to use, well, we didn't know them in the beginning that that was even an issue, and we had great results with soybean oil, but we realized that a lot of clients that 
were more aware of this problem than I was GMO free at the time, you know, the problems with genetic modification. And so I had enough clients convince me that I needed a GMO free source of soybean oil. And it took me three years to find it, but when I did find it, I, I tried it, and lo and behold, it did make a difference. You know, I got better results than with the other soybean oil, which, by the way, is everybody that has any oil out here, I'm sure, is GMO, because they, they didn't take three years to find their source, I'm sure. But uh, it, it's a great omega, bless you, great omega-3, 6, and 9, and it's crucial. And then, what do you feed? these horses that have these issues. You know, what? what's the answer to that metabolic issue? Good fat, for sure. Free choice, loose salt and minerals at all times. No commercial feed. Pellets. You know, most of them are pellets. Are pellets cooked? Absolutely. High temperatures make a pellet. Do you know any horse that eats anything that's cooked in the wild? No. I don't. You know, what about extruded? Same thing. You know, it looks like dog food. It's the same thing. It's cooked. Um, again, often corn, often hydrogenated fat, other industries left over for the minerals, et cetera, et cetera. Um, what about the mineral aspect of these commercial foods? Why, why, why don't, why in general don't you want to feed them besides the things we just talked about? Another is if you're feeding food from a bag to your horse, he cannot get, or she cannot get, the right vitamins and minerals unless it's the perfect horse. Now, my horse is perfect, and I'm sure your horse is, but if you, when you go home, look at that bag. This is what I mean by perfect horse. Look at the bag with feet. And if it says a thousand pound horse needs five pounds a day, what that means is there was enough vitamins and minerals added to that grain mixture, whatever it was, pieces, parts, you know, whatever, to make for, for that thousand pound horse. There's enough vitamins and minerals added to, for that thousand pound horse if he gets five pounds a day. It doesn't mean if you have an easy keeper and you only give him a handful that he's going to get the vitamins, minerals, and enzymes that he needs. It doesn't mean if he's 10 pound, or gets 10 pounds a day, a thoroughbred hard keeper, that he's going to get the right minerals. You know, chances are it's going to be hot, hotter than crazy if he's getting that much anyway. That makes sense. So unless you have the perfect horse, he's out of balance on his vitamins and minerals. And most horses are out of balance because most horses get this commercial feed. So it's no wonder they're hot. It's no wonder they have metabolic issues. If you don't have the right vitamins and minerals, they are the spark plug for every function in the body. It's what kicks it off, you know, or, or a catalyst, you know, what makes it run better. They're, they are the, the fuel behind, um, actually the carbohydrates and the proteins are probably the fuel, but they are definitely the spark plugs behind every action in the body, okay? So our answer to feed has been what Mother Nature provided for horses for however long they've been around. And that's something that's available out here in the, in the wild. Pasture for sure, but from a grain perspective, if you feed a grain, and really the only reason we recommend it is just get the vitamins and everything down anyway, is oats. There are natural oats, there are sea oats, there are grass heads in the, in the wild. They will not make them hot if they have the right minerals and fat. But oats is the most natural thing and the easiest thing to balance and the cheapest thing, for the most part, as far as food, maybe not corn. This day and time is like, it may be, because corn is through the roof. But oats are so incredible for horses. Your granddaddy's had them. I promise you that. You know, the National Research Council recommends oats as the staple diet for a horse. Bet you didn't know that, did you? Uh, we've all take the advice of everybody else out here selling their bag feed, but that, they do recommend oats as the staple diet of the horse. Now, I don't recommend oats by themselves. Please don't just feed oats by themselves because they're not balanced. They're out of balance by themselves. You know, um, as is every other grain because their soils are so deficient in minerals. 
You know, all we put on them is that fertilized nitrogen, potassium, and phosphorus. You know, why do they even need minerals in the first place? This is why, because all our soils have is, and the grains and food is nitrogen, potassium, and phosphorus anymore. Doesn't have all those other nutri micronutrients that we learned about on the periodic chart in high school. It's just fertilized, and all that does is make the grass grow and sucks the water up. It doesn't make it healthier. You know, all those other minerals makes it healthy. That's why the red cow I mentioned is so incredible. Every mineral known to man. But oats, the beauty of oats, getting back to that, is you can give that easy keeper, that metabolic horse, that fat overweight crusty neck horse, laminated horse, just, you know, give them a handful of oats. But then you put the vitamins, the minerals, a scoop of, we call it just that oats. It's made just for oats to balance oats. Okay? A scoop a day of that, a scoop a day of what we call weight check oil, the good fat, okay? And that's their diet. That's it, except the free choice red cow. You have a horse that eats 10 pounds a day, give him, you know, gradually switch to 10 pounds of oats instead of 10 pounds of junk. A scoop of the just add oats, a scoop of the weight check oil, and that's his diet. Free choice on the red cow. It's that simple. And you can do this for about the same price that you're buying this other stuff for anyway. Yep. Can I give you this? So we can hear you? Omega 10 and what? Oh, yeah. I mean, I hear a lot of people say oats make them hot, you know, but that's just not true if they have the right minerals and fat and so on and so forth. So I don't know what's going on. Possibly. Are they getting the free choice red cow? Yeah. Okay, that's good. Okay. Oh, that's not free choice. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But just hang the simple answer probably is just gonna hang a bucket in the stall. That's gonna fix your problem. Okay. Yeah, I, I mean I bet might not please let me know and we'll tweak it to figure out what it is. But it's a big difference in putting putting it in the food and making it available free choice. Because if it's free choice they get it when they need it and they also um, you know, balance themselves out. You know, we're not with the red cow. We're not talking massive minerals, so they could eat a whole bucket, and it's not going to do anything to be healthy for them. And if they eat a whole bucket, they needed it. Now they're not going to, but that's how they balance themselves out more gradually. And and, and with regards, I mean, okay, with regards to minerals, like with a lot of your hoof supplements, they're massive minerals. Okay, so you fill the deficiencies that they might have if they have a hoof problem, and they get better. But then, what do we usually do with hoof supplements? We keep feeding them because they got better, and then we tip the scale some other way. Just by filling the deficiencies to begin with, with mass and minerals, we tip some other imbalance and they have some other problem that develops. So we don't want massive amounts of minerals, we want the right mixture of minerals, and Mother Nature's given us the best mixture of minerals, period. So, with regards to feeding, and thank you for that comment, because I, I know that's going to fix your problem there, free choice for sure. Um, but free choice minerals, uh, free choice red cow, weight check, just add oats, and oats is going to fix most of your problem. Then if you had a hoof issue, we have hoof check, we have preg check, we have joint check, we have every other kind of check you can imagine, kind of like the Nike of the horse business, I guess. But those are for added support. Okay? Allergies are real quick, and I don't want to uh, run just a second on allergies because that's another big problem I see. One thing we tend to forget is that the skin is the largest organ in the body, 
And if you have a, a skin issue of any kind, chances are the body's trying to discharge something. It may be the bad fats, it may be some of the other stuff in the food, it may be from vaccination, from chemical dewormers or whatever. But if you have skin issues, the body's trying to get rid of something. So we want to not put more junk back in. Another reason, get them off the commercial feed, get them on a feeding program. And by the way, if you just go to whattofeedyourhorse.com, we talk about the feeding program, whattofeedyourhorse.com. You get them off the junk, not put more back in, and then you know, support the immune system. And we have a product called Health Check to help get rid of the junk that's in the body. You know, instead of putting stuff all over the skin and, and interfering with the body trying to get rid of it, we work from the inside out. Instead of giving them steroids to interfere with the immune system and just calm the, you know, take away the symptoms temporarily and screw up everything, you know, we help get rid of the junk and um, help support the immune system. We have a product called Allergex. I've got the time, uh, real quick, okay. You got Right. Let me try to answer this real quick. I personally don't vaccinate for anything under any circumstances unless it's required by law. Tetanus is not required by law. Rabies is not required by law. My horses are third generation vaccine free. All 250 of them. We don't, and, I, and if I had to vaccinate my kids today, you might as well just shoot me first because it ain't going to happen. And these and these politicians down in Virginia that are requiring this this um, shot, this vaccine for adolescent girls for vaginal cancer, they should line them up and shoot them right between the eyes. Forgive me, but I don't vaccinate for anything under any circumstances unless it's required by law. And then, and that's got to be a personal thing. You know, that's not what you're. I'm not a normal vet, folks. I'm abnormal and proud of it. And we have healthier horses because of it. Thank you all very much. Appreciate it. Thank you. Come by and see us. In fact, um, if, if you like our natural health newsletter, I should have passed it around a long time ago. I'll leave it right over here outside. Um, just sign up for it, and we actually give away a week at our cabin, too. Stop by the booth, and I'll give you a CD, Natural Solutions, and anything else I can help you with. Okay. Great. Yeah. All right. Oh my gosh. Yeah. How you doing? All the time. Yeah. Great. Man. I enjoyed it. I love your product. Oh, thank you. Man, I appreciate that. Thank you. No, I don't need it. She gets them. I get it. I got it. I got it. Oh, that's great. Thank you very much. Thank you for being here. Thank you. So, a quick question. Yeah. Uh, the corn oil. I have a quarter horse with HYPP mm. that has some more corn oil twice a day. Mm. I just soybean oil. switched our weight check oil. It's, my, check it's oil. GMO free, it's crude, unprocessed, and so on. Okay. Um, yeah, and, and also, our red cow is great for these HYPP horses. Red. Red, that's the salt and mineral that we're oh, talking about. Our salt. The problem is my board and his pastor um, board is, and all the other horses are going to be there too. And he is not. Do you give him any grain at all? He gets um, hearing and nature's essentials 32 twice a day. Okay. With corn oil and five and feeble something pills twice a day. Put him on our joint check. Put him on the diet that we took. Page four in the magazine here. Okay. Take that, listen to this, page four, the feeding program, do that, which includes the red cow, includes the weight check oil, and put them on our joint check instead of the acetyl limb or whatever it is, and you'll have a new horse. It'll be a whole lot cheaper, too. It'll be a whole lot cheaper. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.